Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Friday, April 16th, 2021. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, members are spending a lot of campaign cash on personal security in the wake of January 6th. Number two, Members are raising boatloads of money. What's behind these big fundraising numbers? And number three, there's a push afoot to pay congressional staffers more money. (laughs) All right, Jake, this is the money edition. Happy Friday. The number one story of the day. We are scooping here, Punchbowl News, that members are spending a ton of cash and it's all on their own personal security. Yeah, this is an, an an interesting trend. We've noticed this this week as we've kind of looked over um, campaign finance reports as they've come in, and we've noted it along the way. You know, Anna, I would say this. You, me, and, and John Bresnahan, our colleague Brez, uh, have been at this for a long time, so we tend to notice um, big bumps in, in unusual uh, or unique um, expenditures. And what we found this week is that a lot of people uh, are spending tens of thousands of dollars on their on their personal security, which is nothing's wrong with this. There's nothing illegal about it. There's nothing improper about it. Um, but it, it's unusual. I think I think I don't think you've ever noticed this either. But, you know, Pat Toomey, for example, spent seventy thousand dollars on security Um uh, on a, a company that that's called Fortified Estate, which provides refined ballistic doors, windows, walls, and panic rooms. Um, and uh, Mitt Romney spent forty three thousand dollars. Liz Cheney spent fifty thousand dollars. I mean, uh, Eric Swalwell. These are no small sums here. We're talking about what's that? These are no small sums. No, they're not small sums. Um, and and Eric Swalwell spent forty four thousand four hundred dollars. So these are a lot of these people that we noticed are people who were who were, um, you know, vocally against Donald Trump. And we, you know, as you know, there's not a way to we can't say this is the totality of spending a reports come in at all different times. So, you know, we're not capturing the I would say the totality of um expenditures on security, but we are capturing a big chunk of them. Yeah, the thing that to me is most astounding. So, I mean, that's a lot of money as I interrupted you. I apologize. That's, that's but okay. uh, I, that in terms of what they're spending just in the first quarter, yep. which is the important point here. The second part, I think the layer here is this is what they're spending for their own security. And so what's so important is that people realize that this is coming at the same time that Congress is now preparing a $2 billion with a B, billion dollar bill that is all about increasing the number of U.S. Capitol Police, fortifying the Capitol. I mean, security has just changed for members of Congress in the wake of this January 6th insurrection. And the fact of the matter is this is what they're spending on themselves, but there's also a number, and we've seen them, a number of members who most people probably couldn't pick out of a lineup that now walk with armed security all the time. Yeah. Thank God it's being curbed a little bit because the kind of the heat of the moment has passed, but yeah, Nancy Pelosi provides, um, security details, Capitol Police security details, and and not only Pelosi, but the Capitol Police, when a member is in a precarious situation, um, the impeachment managers all had it, but Liz Cheney did not, and Liz Cheney voted to impeach Donald Trump. Um, 
so and she's she you know Liz Cheney has had Secret Service protection in the past when she was the daughter of her father. Well, she's still the daughter of her father, but when her father was vice president of the United States right after nine eleven, I, I think I believe she had a security detail. She's now spending you know money on three former Secret Service agents to protect her. So you know. I would say just one other quick topic here, one other quick note on this topic, which is um, Pelosi is and the House is going to consider a, a roughly two billion dollar bill could be a little bit more, could be less on fortifying the Capitol and beefing up the Capitol Police uh, uh service the capitol police department excuse me and um part of that ex- those expenditures may or may not include a um program by which the the capitol police protects certain members of congress so they don't need to do this anyway a very kind of interesting trend that i predict we'll see more of again completely proper nothing's uh, illegal or unethical or whatever about this it's completely allowed by the fec just very very almost alarming and and disturbing anna all right let's move on to the number two story of the day in this money edition happy friday we are seeing a lot of million dollar quarters here in a way that, as you mentioned at the top, you know, we've been looking at these FEC reports every quarter for years. Uh, it used to be an outlier when a House member raised that much money. It's not anymore. No, it's not. Um, I, I think we've seen more million dollar quarters this quarter than ever before. Um, Adam Schiff raised almost $2 million, has $14.4 million on hand. AOC raised 2.7 million and has 4.8 million on hand. I mean, Lord, I, you know what to make of this a lot. I mean, there's just, I remember a guy Cecil, who's a longtime Senate staffer, a longtime Senate figure in, in the political game tweeted at me yesterday. He remembers when a million dollars was a good quarter for a Senate candidate. Obviously Senate elections are way more expensive than house elections. Uh, Katie Porter raised big money. I mean, every, a lot of, a lot of house Democrats, Jim Jordan, Republican of Ohio, Raised a lot of money. Um, Josh Gottheimer has almost $10 million on hand. A few things to make of this. I'll handle the first two, Anna. Maybe you take the second two. People want to have a moat, right? They want opponents to be scared to come at them. They don't need this money in many cases, but they want it because they like having a big, a big chunk of change on hand in case somebody... Um, uh, came up against them, wants to come up against them. They might want to run number two. They might want to run for higher office, right? I mean, Josh Gottheimer, no secret there, probably wants to be a senator, right? So he's got $9 million on hand. Um, uh, Katie Porter, very, very well known to have an eye on the United States Senate. Um, so she's got a lot of money on hand. So anyway, um, it's just th- there's reasons beyond the House of Representatives in many cases to want that. I think the other thing, and I would say the number three thing that we always look at, right? Because money means you're viable, not only to run, but also, I think, to cut checks, right? It's all about leadership. If you look at Speaker Nancy Pelosi's real you know, rise, which was pretty seismic from rank and file to one of the most you know, prolific and pro- probably powerful speakers of our time, so much of that has to do with her ability to raise money. She is extremely good at it. And it's not just raising it for herself, but as you well know, and we you know often look at is where are members doling out money to their colleagues? That's favors. That's a real, th- real thinking about how can they raise in leadership in terms of committee stature or in terms of actual, you know, the top three 
uh, leadership. I think the other thing that is just important to note because of the pandemic, because I think a lot of people would have thought, oh, you know, it's going to be harder. We're not going to do in-person events. You know, who's going to want to cut checks when the economy, you know, who knows what's happening. But what this has really allowed people to do in in the same way that you can meet with people more oftentimes or you can sign up for things is Zoom and other fundraisers have made it so much easier to actually fundraise because people are willing to cut checks even if they don't go on a trip with members of Congress anymore. And that's been a real kind of shift in terms of the fundraising game and something I think I'm interested to see what happens now as more people get vaccinated. Does that continue or does it do all of the in-person events kind of ratchet up in the same way they used to? And I would say it's kind of it's kind of easier to raise money on Zoom, right? I mean, I'm curious if it if it continues also because y- you could instead of going to a restaurant for lunch, you could knock out you know five or six meetings and collect you know five thousand dollars, six thousand dollars in 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 contributions and like you know uh, much less time. It's almost it's almost much more efficient. I wonder if it will stick around. Yeah, it's something we'll definitely have to watch. All right, the number three story of the day in our money edition. <laughs> this is about. Staff pay. So oftentimes, members of Congress are, you know, loath to raise their own pay. And that has kind of had a downward effect in terms of experienced staffers getting recruited, moving off the hill, the brain drain, as they like to call it. But there's a movement afoot to actually increase staff pay. Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, Hakeem Jeffries and Steny Hoyer, let's be clear. Steny Hoyer wants more money for staffers, wants more money for lawmakers. He represents a <laughs> he district. He wants more money for everybody. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I, could he raise our pay? He, he, um, he, Steny Hoyer wants a, has long wanted a, um, a pay raise for lawmakers. He's been very clear about that. His district, you know, uh, the suburbs of Washington in Maryland has a lot of congressional staffers. So um, he is he's he's been pretty, pretty open on that. But uh, you're better, probably better suited to talk about this than, than I am, Anna. But the the member, I think the top staffer pay is somewhere in the hundred fifty to one hundred sixty thousand dollar range. Members get paid one hundred seventy two thousand uh, dollars. And then if, uh, you know, lobby firm X or bank X or tech company X gets comes to you and says, hey, we could offer you three hundred thousand dollars. That's usually a pretty you know, it's a pretty um, uh, nice chunk of change, a pretty nice raise. I mean, what are the dynamics here that you think? Yeah, I mean, the thing that I think is most interesting about this latest effort is they are trying to de-link staffer pay from that of members, which it always gets complicated because members have a hard time going back and selling to their districts that they need more money uh, to do their jobs. Um, I think the biggest thing on this is really thinking about how do you keep and incentivize long-term staff, which really run a lot of the of the entire capital complex that are really the experts when it comes to these massive issues that Congress is facing that draft a lot of the what actually ends up becoming into law. And you have these lobby shops and companies that are willing to pay, you know, 3x at least, you know, just to start out of what they're getting paid in the Hill. That's a very, um, you know, lucrative thing that staffers and families have all kinds of things that, you know, they have to pay for, then they look at it. And so this is kind of an effort, I think, to, they're never going to pay what the private sector pays, but at least to feel as though they can be somewhat competitive to keep them in the mix. 
All right. Well, thanks so much for listening. Happy Friday. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.